She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast with me, your host, Jill Ritchie. Today's episode is with the very gorgeous Sarah Jane Dunn. Sarah Jean Dunn is probably best known for her role as Mandy in the incredible soap Hollyoaks. She actually started in Hollyoaks when she was 14 years old and she's now 39. She is a mum to Stanley and she's married to John and she's just she's just such a, a great down-to-earth girl. I loved chatting to her. Sarah and I connected about a year ago um, through the wonderful world of social media. And we've just been in touch ever since. Um, She talks a lot in this episode about how she keeps herself grounded, how she protects her energy, particularly against haters and trolls. Yeah, she really knows herself and she is super, super well about herself. I think she's very inspiring. She goes on to talk about how she has this dream of being uh, in Strictly. Don't we all? Um, So yeah, she's manifesting it though. She is bringing that in. Strictly Come Dancing 2021, Sarah Jean Dunn's going to have to be on there, right? I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. I loved recording it with Sarah and yeah, relax and enjoy. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome, Sarah. Hello. So amazing. Yay. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you asked me. I know. I had to. I was like, oh, I have to get you on. I have to get you on. So so for the listeners, Sarah and I connected about 12 months ago. um, And I was actually, I was thinking that it was actually exactly 12 months ago because I was in San Diego in the October of last year, and that's when yeah. I messaged you. Yes, I, I remember. You. Yeah, it was a year. Gosh, where is where is that year gone? <laughs> oh my and I, yeah, because yeah. Sarah was asking. You know, I, I think you were. I think you were asking about um, like meditations or something like that. You know, does anyone yeah. can anyone recommend anything about meditations? And I had messaged you, giving you a few options for meditation apps. Yes, you did. That was it. And I think I think I'd already followed you. Like we connected previously because that Instagram whole social yeah. world is crazy, isn't it? You follow someone else and you find another connection, and and then yeah, you just reached out like exactly when I needed some some help. You'll have a little guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like and put it, it's a year ago. How mad is that? I know. Well, listen, this year's flown in. It's. Yeah. I mean, we're. We're in, we're in October right now, and it's like... Oh, when did that happen? I can't believe it. And I, I said it, actually, earlier today. As soon as you hit October, um, autumn and Strictly and all these things, you just know it's yes. coming down to Christmas. And it's like, yes. oh, my God, where has this year gone? And I, you know you're getting old when you're like, oh, you know, where's the year going? Yeah, I'm time tired. flies by. Although this year's been such an odd one, hasn't it? Because although it has flown, and I, I can't believe we're in October already, it also feels like the longest year ever for obvious reasons. Mm. I mean, we've all had such a, a strange year, haven't we, in it? And then yeah. something that none of us have ever been through. So it, it does feel like a long, it almost feels like, how is it only October? Like, how are we not yet? over this mm. and, and, and on to the next year and we all want to we all want to say mm. bye to 2020 
<laughs> I know. And I guess for you, it would be so strange because as I said in your intro, you are an actor, you are a well-known actor on Hollyoaks and you, you know, you've been in Hollyoaks on and off for mm-hmm. a very long time. And yeah. so I guess as an actor, you know, how was that? Because I, re- I remember when we chatted way back when lockdown happened and obviously you guys, you know, the show was recorded, you know, a month or so in advance or, or a bit yeah. longer in advance. So you have episodes that go out. Yeah. What was that like for you then, you know, during that time? It, it's just the, it's the unknown, isn't it? I found the hardest thing about it was we obviously stopped filming and, and that was quite abrupt. Like for everybody, we suddenly were put into lockdown, weren't we? I think we found out on the there was talk about it on the Friday and then we all got the email on the Sunday saying that's it we won't be coming back to work for the you know foreseeable um and we have episodes recorded so we've got stuff ready to go out and and like all the soaps did um every soap pulled back and and only you know put one or two or Mm -hmm. three eps on a week so that you could we could keep it going for longer but it is then that unknown of, of when we were going to get back filming, how that was going to work. And it, it's a very different place now. Like we're back and it's great. And it's great to be back doing what I love, but it's, it's different. I mean, it's different for everybody, isn't it? Like there's a lot of people still working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine people that have gone back into the office, it's, it's a whole different scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's a new way of, of working. I think we're all adapting really well. And, and yeah. that's the main thing, isn't it? We've got to adapt and we've just got to make things work and, and move forward and still um, enjoy ourselves as, as much as we can. I know. And was there ever fear from you around your job security then? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think there still is. I mean, we're still living in the unknown, aren't we? We're still, things are changing day to day. I mean, things have just, new restrictions have just been put in today um we were just talking about that weren't we and, and and i think until we reach a new like all the normal again if we if we ever go back to normal there's always going to be that uncertainty it's such a volatile time right now and i just feel genuinely lucky to be in a job and to be working because i know that there's so many people that their jobs you know they've lost their jobs because of this or their jobs are at risk or no one really knows what's going to happen when furlough ends and and things change so I feel grateful to be working um but of course yeah I mean we all feel vulnerable I mean if we do go back into a national lockdown then obviously that means that, that possibly we'll have to stop filming again and we're still chasing our tails and trying to get episodes backed up so we've got some episodes back on screen I think we're back on screen um four nights a week pretty soon so we're, we're then plowing through the episode we have recorded so yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a funny old time, isn't it? If you, you do feel really vulnerable. And, and what I felt is during lockdown is just that loss of control. Mm. It's out of everyone's hands, isn't it? Yeah, mm. definitely. What you do about that. Mm, completely. And I guess it is in a really realising that you can only control the controllable, as in you can only control you and how you show up and what you do. So... What would you say that you do to ensure that you, because obviously, you know, it's unprecedented times and there's a lot of fear and things. Is there anything that you work on within yourself to ensure that you get your, you know, your headspace and your energy in the right place? 
Yeah, so I, you know, I love my fitness. So mm. I love training. And that has been one of the key things that I think has saved me physically and mentally during lockdown because that has been my time. We converted our garage um, into a little gym mm. during lockdown. So we had our own space because it's, for me, that is always, it's always been my escape. And yeah. um, the last two, three years, especially, I've, I've really got into it and, and having a child and, and, it's been the time when I have, that's my time, even if it's just an hour or half an hour, it's my time. So I think if I'd have lost that, I would have really struggled. Um, I tried to get outside as much as possible. That's something that I've tried to maintain post lockdown because it was something that I was doing daily. And again, me and my husband kind of took that in turns to just get out and have a walk on our own. We do it as a little, you know, as a family unit as well, but it was just nice to do that on your own, to be mm-hmm. in nature, to just be mm-hmm. present, to, you know, realize what a big wide world it is and that this will pass. It's just, you know, yeah. going to take time. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about getting out on your own because, you know, we all say, uh, you know, being together as a family is important. And of course it is, but let's get real. When you're in someone's space all the time, you need a break. You actually yeah. need time on your own to be that doesn't make you a bad wife or a bad mum. But I know like I, I'm cracking up sometimes when everyone's in the yeah. house and I feel, and I, and I practice self-care religiously, but you know, you do get triggers. People do your head in. Even yeah. your own kids at points, you're like, I love you, but oh my God, get out I need face. to get out. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. <laughs> It's such an unnatural scenario for us all to go through, isn't it? Like no one really is meant to spend that much time together both walls. And what I really found is that I really miss the things that I didn't even realise that I took for granted, like my journey to work in the car on my own. (laughs) That is my self-care as well. And I never realised how important that was until it was taken away from me. And I realised that I need that 40 minutes. I need that. I I need to listen to my music. I need to put a podcast on. I need to just have that that time and yeah I, I, it's it's all those things that we've had to adjust haven't we to, to to the new things that we do but it's nice to get back to those things now oh and just have that God. bit of time yeah we need that that freedom that sense yes. of freedom is so important and we all crave that that feeling of freedom and that kind of actually leads me nicely into finding a bit more out about yourself right so going back to um, thinking about freedom. So when we're younger, you know, we have these dreams and ambitions of what we want to do, right? And we feel free when we're young. We've had no programs. We've had no conditioning. When you were a little girl, okay, did you always know that acting was the route that you wanted to go down or was it something else? How did you get into it? I think I did, you know, like almost subconsciously. So I, vivid, I've got a couple of really vivid memories. One of them was watching um, Jen. Do you remember Jen? Oh my God, truly outrageous. Truly, 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 yeah, yeah. She's the one, right? So I must have been about... You're showing your age now, by the way. I know, I know, how about that? <laughs> She's still a legend now. Um, so I must have been five. I must have been five years old because we, we were living in the first house at... Um, we ever lived in and we moved out of that by the time I was six I remember being in that living room I had the gem doll set and she had her own little guitar and her own little like studio thing I'm watching Jem, and I vividly remember saying to my mom I'm gonna be on tv one day 
And it stuck with me and I don't know why. Like, I don't, you know, I was so young. I, I don't really remember much else, but that stuck with me. And I remember hiding behind, we had sliding doors between the living room and the dining room. I remember making my mum and dad stand on the other side of the doors while I sang on the other side because I knew that I wanted to perform, but I was a bit scared of doing it and not really sure. And I guess even then those kind of fears were, <laughs> were in place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and then I got to the, the route that I took to get into acting was that I wanted to, to do modeling. I mean, I was young. I was probably about 12 at this point. So I didn't really know anything about the industry or that world, but in my head, I wanted to be a model. I'd seen the models in the magazines mm. and I wanted to do that. Um, and I said to my mum, when I'm 16, that's it. I'm moving to London and I'm going to get an agent and this is what I'm going to do. So I guess there was always that ambition there to do something like that to be, you know, seen and to be yeah. um, on show somehow. And, and, and that's how then I got the audition for Hollyoaks was because I had a, a like a child modeling agency that I was with them. Ah. That's how it started. So, and yeah. So, how old were you then? So, I was 14 God, when I started yeah. in the show. Yeah. And I actually watched the show from the beginning. So, I remember <laughs> you back in the day. And, um, so what when you got the call saying right okay you've you've you know you've got the audition you've got the part you would have been excited i imagine yeah okay what do you remember were there any fears or were you just like oh i'm going for this there's no fear there were fears yeah 100% i mean i instantly remember thinking oh my goodness i wanted it so badly but I never, never ever thought it would happen. And then I, so I had an audition, then I had another audition. So even at that point, I was like, oh my goodness, I've done so well. I kept saying, I've done so well to get to this point. And I remember my mum saying, you know, if nothing comes of this, just think of, this is amazing that you've got this far. So it was almost drummed into me that you probably won't, probably won't go anywhere. But you know, well Good done. Good mummy. Good old mum. <laughs> and then obviously I remember coming into my bedroom and saying, I've just had a phone call. Guess what? You've got the part. And the, the adrenaline and excitement of, of getting that and, you know, back then it was so, ever get, getting on television seemed like the absolute impossible. I think things are quite different nowadays because there's a lot of reality TV, yeah. isn't there? And it's almost open to anybody. Anyone can apply, anyone can, and, and people are all in the game to get the, they have the opportunities. Whereas then it was just like, no, no, no how do you even do that? And so that, I remember being my first thing and then having that wave of, oh, now I've got to go and do it. Now I've, I'm going to get scripts and I have to learn lines and I have to get out there. And I was shy. I was a really shy child and I was a shy teenager. I, I wasn't a performer. I wasn't a, um, an exhibitionist. I didn't do stuff like that. If I sang, it was, like I say, behind the sliding doors or on my own in my bedroom. I didn't perform at all. So it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I even remember that first day on set being terrified, but thinking I have this amazing opportunity. A million people would kill to be where I am. This, even at such a young age, I remember thinking this, you know, could set me up for life. Who knows what could happen off the back of this. And, and yeah. And I, so I just, it was good because it did push me out of my comfort zone and, and made me just do it. <laughs> Definitely. And did you feel like, you know, because it's such a, a young age, you know, we're still growing, we're still learning. 
Was there jealousy from people? Did you, did you feel any resentment or resistance from, you know, people around you at the time? Yeah, I remember it being a difficult thing at school. So I was at high school at that point. And, um, you know, obviously it's, it's a difficult situation anyway, isn't it, high school, I think. You're finding yourself, you're finding who you are, you're finding your friend groups, you're finding what you like, what you don't like you're fancying boys, like all of this stuff's going on and you're trying to really trying to find out who you are. And I had that plus then this amazing opportunity, but you know, naturally people were um, envious of that. And I then had to contend with that at the same time as everything else that was going on in school. I always said it really like, it really proved who your friends mm. were and are. And you know, you, you really see the truth in people um, yeah. and people were really, really supportive, but, uh, you know, it, it was, I found myself shying away from, I never really talked about it at school because mm. I didn't want to be seen as bragging that I'd got this thing. I would answer questions people asked, but I'd always play everything down. And then I had people going, oh, you're lying. I think this is before I was even on screen. You're lying, you're lying. And I found myself going, oh, okay. Thinking, well, what, what can I, what can I do? Um, yeah yeah. and you play small don't you and that's the thing when we're growing up you know it's like you know that's why I've called this podcast she loves herself because when I when I was younger uh, you know and even at school god even not so long ago the term she loves herself was always such a bad thing like oh my god who do you think you are no one likes anyone that loves themselves so we dilute our message and we actually dilute our strengths and who we are and I see it so often and it, and it really impacts people and how they progress and the opportunities that they actually sadly miss because of the fear of the opinions of others um so when you were in the show you obviously you've had some great storylines in the show and I remember when you were in the show very early on and I wanted to ask you about this actually I remember you had, your, your dad was abusive at the time. Remember, not your real dad, by the way. Just for no. <laughs> not our real dad. On, on screen. Yeah. <laughs> on screen. <laughs> but I remember this and you would have been young. So yeah. did you just kind of just go into that role? Did you have to have any sort of coaching outside it or anything like that? Um, I, you ju- I just went into it. I, I mean, they obviously, what was great about me being young was that my mum was my chaperone. So up until the age of 16, mm. you have to have an adult chaperone. And my mum did it, which was fantastic. Mm. It was fantastic for her because she, she's a very social butterfly. And she, you know, she's, she was almost like my voice. Thinking back now, I was, was still very, very quiet. You know, I'd go and I was very professional and I'd do my scenes, but I, didn't really ever come out of myself much because my mum was always there. I probably didn't come out of myself until I was 17 and I could drive and she no longer came with me. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was a challenge. It was an amazing storyline. Again, I was just really grateful that I'd been given such an opportunity and that they were confident enough in me as a performer to be able to portray the storyline. Um, the guy that played my dad in the show was a fantastic actor yeah. and, you know, he was very conscious of how delicate scenes were in the subject and would always check in with me and my mom that what we were doing was okay. And, you know, the show were great. The producers would talk to me about what was coming up. And I was old enough to understand, obviously, yeah. 
what yeah. what the story was and um how important it was that it was told right and like I say because my mum was there she was on top of everything so she was watching the scenes they happened as we performed and if there was anything they would always check in the director would always check in with my mum and go Dorothy are you happy with this so it was great I had a whole support unit you know it was um it was fantastic and they're very conscious of that you know especially with storylines with the younger children even today you know this we're still doing super sensitive storylines we're in the midst of one at the moment that's involving all of the kids um and they have separate meetings there's you know they've got coaches there they Mm. want to speak about anything so it's so important isn't it yeah absolutely and it's such a huge show right it's Mm. and it does cover so much and as I said you've had some or you've been involved in some amazing storylines in the show over the years and you know you've you've been and gone and you've come back you know how many times have you come back it's like five or six times isn't it I think I left and then I came back so that'd be once and then I came back again so that'd be twice and then I did a really brief little <laughs> revisits for so this is this is my fourth time fourth time back and I've been back three years now so amazing amazing this episode is sponsored by Unearth Your Power Unearth Your Power is an incredible 21 day online life transformation course that will focus on your past present and future allowing you to manifest your dream life And of course, this course was created by myself and my amazing sister from another mister, Lynette Gray. Use our code SLH50 to get £50 off this incredible life-changing course. I want to talk to you about your journey, right? Because you are absolutely beautiful, okay? Inside and out, by the way. Inside and out. (laughs) And, you know, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you over this last year. And, you know, I can really say that you're a beautiful person inside and out. And aesthetically, you look gorgeous. You keep fit. And and I remember, like, back, you know, in in the day you would do, you know, the lads mags and so on. And gosh, Hollyoaks girls, you know, looking awesome. (laughs) You know, how was that then for you? Did you find, I know social media is completely different now to what it was like 10 years ago. How did you feel, you know, what was, did you get any backlash for that? You know, there's so much, you know, there's so much support out there, right? But there's also the opposite side. You've got the trolls and the haters and people that come at you. Have you ever had to deal with a really difficult situation over the past sort of 10, 15 years where it's got to a point where it's really, you know, it's it got to you? Um, I, I haven't, but I think that's because I always shut it down really quickly. So mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago, obviously, we didn't have social media like we do now. Um, I mean, that's such a relatively new thing, really, isn't it? Um, so it, I, I guess it would be very different now to go through that experience again with this current um social situation that we have and it, I might not have handled it quite as well because even now if you get you know if I get a comment from someone being nasty or derogatory or even saying oh you know I don't like your hair there I I instantly just ignore it or I'll delete the comment because partly for me because I just think I don't need that kind of negativity in my life but also partly for my other followers because I just think it's so unkind to do something like that but also I don't want other people seeing that and thinking that it's okay to do that or that it's okay 
or, or that, that it would ups, upset me. So I try and shut it down really quickly. But whether I would have been able to do that as a younger person, you know, I guess you get a bit older, don't you? And as a, as a woman now, I'm, I'm confident enough that mm. things like that don't really bother me. But saying that, I mean, I do get the, the odd comment where I'll, it won't upset me as such, but it will play on my mind a little bit or it'll annoy me and I want to respond, but I purposely don't because I almost feel like that would give that person the satisfaction of knowing that they've, they've got to you or that they've upset you. And I guess it also depends on what kind of day you're having. You know, you might be having a great day where you're like, whatever. You might be having a day where you're feeling a bit down and everything's like a bit rubbish and, yeah. you know, and then that can just literally be the chink in the glass that makes you go, oh, you know, why? What, know. Or are you feeling insecure about things? Because people, you know, I've got insecurities, obviously, and you don't talk openly about them, do you? Mm-hmm. But people might say something that just triggers something that does upset you or, yeah. So there's nothing in particular, but I, like I say, I think it would be a very different situation now because we were so exposed back then and, you know, it was... I actually really enjoyed all of those shoots we used to do. We used to get to go to amazing locations and, you know, again, what incredible opportunities. Yeah. And to look back now on a younger me and go, I'm glad that I did that. Oh, you know, check me out. And, I know. Yeah, exactly. But actually probably looking back at those pictures as me back then, I would have gone, oh, I don't really like, you know, my boobs on that or uh-huh. I wish that, you know, I'd done my hair slightly differently or you criticise mm-hmm. yourself but then... I think he puts it into perspective now, doesn't it? Because I would look back at those and go, I looked amazing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're always looking at the flaws, aren't we? Be like, oh, if I just had a bit more of this or a little bit less of that. And actually when we look back at the things, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I thought that. Look at me there. Yeah. You know, I wish I had that now. It's like, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that pressure. And I think that the pressure now as you say, what you didn't have back then is the social media pressure for people to, you know, always be looking at what everyone else has. And I love social media. Um, And I run so much of my business with the help of social media. But I think it's so important. And what I really do love about you is there's a real balance and a real mix of you as a whole person, Sarah. You know, you have the glam shots. You look insane. And you'll also come on and do a story with no makeup on. And, you know, you know, when you're walking and talking at the same time, and it really shows that whole part of you, which is a mum to a young boy, yeah. Stanley, who will keep you on your toes, right? And trigger yeah. you moments where you want to lose your shit. And it's like, yeah. and I think people just sometimes look and see one thing, the glam shot where you look like you've got it all together. But what I try to say to people is no one person has their shit together all the time. No, not at all. And that's why I try and keep my Instagram like that. Because I think people want to see the glamorous things. People want to see the nice photo shoots. People want to see the events. People want to see, you know, the nice hair and makeup. I want to see that. I follow accounts that are all about that. But I also then follow accounts that are super real, that are super honest, that make you think, oh, it's not me, you know, falling apart. Like, this is, this is what everyone's going through. And like you say, it's not just me that's, like, going crazy, pulling my hair out and trying to get a million things done in the day. So I like to try and keep that balance because I also, again, for, for my followers and audience and young girls out there that might be following me want to go, this is normal. This is, you know, you can do all of that lovely stuff, but 
then this is me first thing in the morning with no makeup. Well, this is this big spot that's just decided to plant itself on my forehead today. Mm-hmm. Or this is me feeling rubbish. This is me not wanting to train in the gym today. Um, mm-hmm. Because then people feel like, well, that's real, isn't it? And that's, that's where you, you yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's life yeah it is it is life and it, I think it's great that you show that part of yourself and I agree the, the glam shots because I think we can go too far the other way as well it's like oh I don't want to show that glam shot of myself because then people would think you know people will think I'm fake or people will think I'm not real and actually be all you your whole self sometimes you're sexy sometimes you're not sexy and (laughs) and actually it's embracing that sexy side too as a female it's like do you know what I want to dress up I want to put heels on I want to put you know this outfit on and look sexy today yeah I think we can be so demonized for looking sexy and then we go too far the other way okay I better not put makeup on because then people won't like me. I mean, yeah. piss off. Yeah. We, well, you can't win, can you? If you, you can't you win. Like, like, what do you, who do you, who do you listen to? I think someone put a post up the other day and it was, it was really good. It was this split, you might have seen it, split picture mm-hmm. of a woman from the, the 90s and a woman now and what the idealistic thing is. And like in the 90s, it was, you know, your uber thin eyebrows, whereas now it's like thick and bushy eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, it was like abs, abs. And now it's like really tiny waist. The nineties it was like no bum, and now it's like massive bum. And how how do you how do you win? Like it's like fashion and trends and things, isn't it? You've just got to be you, and you've got to be real to you, and and mm. what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. And I was speaking about this to another guest on another another episode, and I was saying that beauty's man-made because yeah. what's fashionable in the nineties, you know, we we go, oh my god, now. You wouldn't know, do that now, yeah. We wouldn't do that now. It's man-made and it's actually, this is why it's so important to work on yourself from the inside out. So often we are looking to change who we are to, to fit into a box, to be socially accepted, to get all the likes on Instagram. And we validate our worth and our happiness through the opinions of someone else and what mm. they think of us. And I think doing all, you know, doing social media is amazing but I think there it's so important to do that in our work on ourselves and make sure that we're showing up for ourselves as a person actually what do I need what's feeling in alignment for me right now um as opposed to how should I be showing up right now because that's pressure on itself and you're never going to feel really in alignment when you're trying to live through someone else's vision of what good looks like yeah or what you should be Mm, yeah definitely and so if you were not an actor, what would you have wanted to do? I don't know, you know, I get asked this in interviews and I always struggle to come up with an answer because I was so young when I got into this and it, it, whether it was fate or whatever, you know, this is what I've ended up doing. I've never really had a chance to think outside of that. I mean, I've had times in between jobs obviously yeah. where I've had to do other jobs and so I trained as a personal trainer and I really enjoyed doing that that was great um whether I would have chosen that you know had then my acting career not not come along um I always said that I wanted to be a nursery nurse but I don't think I'd be cut out for that and now. then you have I'm kids and it's like no you're all right I'll, I did that by the way I did that for about a year and a half did when you? I was 16 I thought oh, I want to do that this is my dream job and actually at the time I loved it and then I had kids and I was like, oh no, 
I used no. to drop my kids off at nursing and think, how do you do that job? Yeah, I mean, hats <laughs> off to all the nursery um Oh, girls big up to you nursery nurses like. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, oh, it is. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I did I did makeup. I really, I think I would always be it would always have to be something that is interacting with different people and different on a daily basis because I'm whether that's just because I'm now so conditioned to every day being different and every day I work with different people and I'm not sat in, you know at a desk I'm I'm out and about I think I would always now have to do something like that. I always mm. said that, you know, if I wasn't in front of the camera, I'd be behind the camera, maybe yeah. being creative, doing makeup, doing hair, or, um, you know, I, I'd even like to do, try my hand at possibly at directing and things like that, maybe further down the line. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe look, looking back, I would probably have gone to university, although I always said I never wanted to go and mm. I never actually had to because I was, I was already working um yeah life probably would have been very different I don't don't but you do love to perform yeah and I always have ever since you know starting drama at school and I used to do youth theatre at school Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed it and you know I loved Kylie from the age seven and you watch performers like that don't you just go and do that yeah definitely so dancing and singing so can you sing I can sing but again I'm not massively confident with it but I can if I need to I can um, musical yeah. theatre is another thing that I, you know, I would love to do a musical. I think, I think just to be pushed out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I always said that, you know, when I did Hollyoaks, I was always before I did any other work, I was always like I'm not very good at accents. And then I left, and the first job I got was a, a play doing an American accent. And because I was doing it, and I was that I had the job, I did it and nailed yeah. it. So I think I think I have to be pushed out of my comfort yeah. zone a bit to do yeah. stuff. Well, I think yeah. you need to do that. <laughs> Let's get yeah, out of your comfort it. zone. Because <laughs> you can, like, it's that it's that comfort zone, isn't it? And I, I guess the, a show like Hollyoaks, because you've known it for so long and you're very good in the show, it's amazing and you're full of gratitude for being in there. But it is, it's, it's also comfortable maybe in a way yeah. because you know it, right? Yeah. But there's so much more. And on yeah. all of us, actually, we are limitless in what we can do and what we can create. But sometimes we'll hold ourselves back because we're like, well, actually, I should just be grateful for having a job. Like you said, yeah. I should just be grateful for having a job. And I know that you've been in and out. And what would you say was the kind of best sort of time of your career, the best moment of your career that you can remember? Um probably what I was mentioned that the the first play that I did was um a, an American well a, not American a, a play called Boeing Boeing um and that was my first theatre job I absolutely loved the experience I hadn't done this before landed this amazing role worked with incredible people that I'm still really good friends with now um, and just had the best time touring around the UK it was my first experience of all of that you know I'd done theatre but only amateur before and to really like immerse myself in that world was just incredible. Absolutely love that. That stands out. Um, and then obviously I did like I did my teeny tiny part in Batman, which was the Dark Knight. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Oh my god! Which I still go. Did that actually happen? Was I, t- I have to like pinch myself and go? Did that? It was one day. One day of filming with um, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Eric Roberts in London. Just the most surreal day of my life. 
Um, but obviously that stands out as being huge because I was suddenly in this scenario that I never, ever dreamed that I would be in. And, that's no, amazing. just don't Dreams can come true, kids. And, and <laughs> dreams can come true, kids. They can, though, right? And I think, Sina, like, I can feel it even speaking to you. They're so, like, you're doing amazing. And as I say, it's so important to follow the joy and be grateful for where you're at. But I know that there's so much more in you that, that's, that can pop, right? And it is actually just holding on to that vision. And I'm, I'm a big visualization person yeah. because I know if we can hold it in our head and our, in our imagination, we can bring it in and everything's energy. If we are vibrating at that energy of, oh, this feels amazing being in this imaginary place, we can bring it in. And um, so what would be the, you know, the next dream for you? If you were to say, right, okay, in the next six to 12 months, this would be the dream if this happened. What would it be? You know what the answer to this is. This is you know, we've talked about this. So I, I want to do Strictly Come Dancing and have since I was a tiny child. Um, so that is the dream. We keep putting it out there. Oh, we keep putting it out there, right? She wants we to keep do Strictly. Putting out there. So I'm doing Strictly. Strictly, it's uh, uh, it's that's it. That's happening next year. You heard it here first. You heard um, it here first, people. Heard it here she first, guys. It's, it's, um, it's happening, it's, it's done, it's right? We've just, we just got to bring it in, right? <laughs> yeah, completely. But that would be the dream. That would be the dream. Just It's something that I've always, always wanted to do. Um, I used to do a little bit of ballroom dancing and Latin when I was young. I've done disco dancing. I love dancing. I don't know whether I'm any good at it, but I absolutely love it and it brings me so much joy. So to, to be given the opportunity to learn with a professional professional and and um, be able to wear those beautiful dresses and just play dress up basically I for a, a few weeks would be incredible and do you know what i love about strictly is the energy that it brings it's yes. the energy of the show it's the intro do, do, do. <laughs> you just hear that music don't you it's the the the, the intro it's like um, it, it gives me it's one of those comfort shows yes. you know what when, even when there's shit going on and you just, you're like, I'm just going to put Strictly's on tonight. Yeah. It gives you that sense of comfort. And yeah. um, I'd love to see you on there. Yeah. I think you'd be you bloody will. awesome. Like, yeah. you know, do you know what? I'm visualizing it for you. It's happening next year, right? So when this podcast goes out, right? And then then you're on the show next year. We're going to be like, actually, we put that out there and it happened. We put that out there. Exactly. With, exactly. with, the, with the vision and with the energy. So yeah. you just need to keep putting that out there. And the yeah. vision, it's on the vision board, right? It's on the board. It's on my vision board. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 100%. It's on the vision board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. So I'm going to just give you a quick fire couple of questions to end this episode. Okay. Okay. Loving myself means what to me? Giving myself time for me. When I don't speak my truth, it feels... Uh, Disconnected. Mm. If I could give my younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? To not care what other people think. If this was my last year on earth, I would. Ooh, I would live every day like it was my last. Mm. And again, I still give myself this advice now. Don't care what the people think. <laughs> I don't care what they think. Yes, I do. No, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm just me. 
And um, finally, if I had nothing to fear and nothing to lose, I would. Oh, I'd probably start my own business. Mm. Don't ask me what in, because I'm not really sure. But I'd love to, to have my own business, something that I was in control of that was giving back to people. Yeah, there you go. That needs yeah. to go on the board now. The vision board. board, get it on. Yeah. yeah. I need a bigger vision board. <laughs> you should see mine. It's like <laughs> half the size of my house. I'm just sat in my spare room now and there's a big empty wall and I'm thinking, ooh, vision board wall. <laughs> vision board wall. It's bloody awesome. Well, you have been amazing and um, I have loved having you on for our chat. Yeah, I've loved it. Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much, my lovely. Listen, go and enjoy your day and um, yeah, big, big love. Lots of love. Thank you Lots so much. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.